Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Tolliver on History. Um, this is a great quarantine Tuesday morning. Hopefully you are enjoying your morning as well. I've got a nice cup of coffee right here. And as always, the broadcast is brought to you by Valley View Middle School. If you have to middle school, Valley View Middle School. So today we're going to start talking about the Byzantine Empire. Um, remember, the Byzantine Empire was started uh, because of the Roman Emperor Constantine. Constantine saw the writing on the wall for Rome and decided rather than wait and go down with the ship, he would split the empire in half and he took the eastern half, leaving the western half to eventually die. Uh, he starts this new city 800 miles east of Rome. And he's a really smart guy, Constantine. He's very strategic as to where he puts this city. And he puts the city at a place where he eventually will call Constantinople. It's a great place for a city for a couple of reasons. Number one, it sits right on the coastline of the Mediterranean Sea, which we have already talked about several times before. If you have control of the Mediterranean, you have control of trade. And with control of trade comes money, and with that money comes power, and with that power comes influence. And the Byzantines will be very, very, very influential. Another reason that Constantinople is a really strategically placed city is because it sits on a land bridge between Asia and Europe. So it sits right where Asia and Europe meet in a small little portion of the land. If you take a look at that map on section two and you can zoom in, you can see that Constantinople sits right in between the two. And that's going to be great because a lot of trade routes are going to go be going in between Asia and Europe, which means Constantinople and the Byzantine Empire is going to be extremely, extremely wealthy. A lot of <clears throat> luxury items, such as ivory, silk, furs, perfumes, flowed into its markets. Uh, later in 1204, a French soldier who went to Byzantine Empire said, one could not believe there was such a rich city in the world. At the height of its power, Constantinople was home to around one million people. The city's language and culture were Greek, but traders and visitors spoke many languages, so there's a lot of cultural diffusion going on within Constantinople and the Byzantine Empire. And if you forgot what, uh, what uh, cultural diffusion is, it's when two cultures interact, exchanging different concepts and ideas. Um, they're very advanced as well in terms of they have a sewer system, which is really rare in medieval times, um, and they also provide social services you know, they've got hospitals, they've got homes for the elderly, they've got orphanages, which are all things that the United States provides for its citizens in 2020. Um, even though there's a lot of rich people in the Byzantine Empire, there's also a lot of poverty as well. And another way that the Byzantines are really advanced is by the emperor. The emperor would give bread or he'd give food to all of those people who could not find work. In exchange for this food, these unemployed people would perform tasks such as sweeping the streets or weeding public gardens. So again, there's some social services, kind of some unemployment benefits going on there as well. Um, makes them super advanced. 
Almost everyone in the city uh, attended really exciting chariot races at a stadium called the Hippodrome. There were two big teams. One were the Blues, the other were the Greens, and they were fierce rivals. In Constantinople and in other cities, many belonged to opposing groups called the Blues and the Greens after the chariot teams at the times a rivalry between the Blues and the Greens erupted in deadly street fighting, but in 532, the two groups united in a rebellion that destroyed much of Constantinople. So, you know, everyone attends these sporting events, these chariot races at this stadium called the Hippodrome, and there's two different teams, the Blues and the Greens. They really, really hate each other, and they fight all the time. In fact, it's kind of more like gangs rather than fans of chariot racing. Um, but in 532, the Blues and the Greens are really upset with the government um, and they decide to band together to come up with a big rebellion that destroys a ton of the city of Constantinople. The Byzantines' greatest emperor was a guy by the name of Justinian. Justinian ruled from 527 to 565, so he ruled a pretty long time. His reign is not without some controversy, though. And the controversy that he faced was the rebellion of the Blues and the Greens. Remember, the Blues and the Greens are fans of chariot racing. And everyone, including Justinian and his wife Theodora, attended the chariot racings at the Hippodrome. Uh, well, during one of these chariot races, the Blues and the Greens, who normally were pretty hostile and violent towards one another, had decided to gang up because Justinian had imprisoned members of both gangs. And so instead of fighting each other, they decided that they were going to band together and riot. And that's exactly what they did. And this riot spills over into the streets, which goes into a full-scale rebellion. You know, things are crazy. Justinian is kind of at the beginning of his reign, and he really doesn't know what to do. And for a couple of minutes, he thought, you know what? Let's just get out of here. Let's get out of Constantinople and go to another city, you know, and live and be fine. But his wife, Theodora, said, no, you have to stay. You're the emperor. You need to figure this out. And with her encouragement, Justinian put down the revolt. Around 30,000 people were killed in this fighting, uh, and the city of Constantinople lay in ruins. This is kind of hard for us to imagine today. Imagine like going to a Bengals game, right? Who day? Go Bengals. We're getting Burrow tomorrow. I'm excited. It's going to be a good pick for us. Anyway, imagine going to a Bengals-Steelers game. And every time you go to a Bengals-Steelers game, there's fighting in the stands and everyone's yelling and screaming and fighting. And then suddenly the Cincinnati fans and the Pittsburgh fans decide to band together to destroy the city of Cincinnati. That's what this guy, Justinian, had to deal with. Two rival fans of these chariot races banding together together to start a rebellion. You know, it's pretty crazy to think about. After the rebellion of the Blues and the Greens, the city is in ruins. You know, these people really destroyed a lot of beautiful buildings and all kinds of public works. So Justinian 
is determined to rebuild the city and on a much grander scale. Remember, uh, Constantinople has a lot of money because it controls a lot of trade. He put huge sums of money into public works. Soon, Constantinople had new bridges, public bathhouses, parks, roads, and hospitals. The emperor also built many grand churches, one called the Hagia Sophia, which still stands today, um, is one of the greatest structures the world has ever seen. Besides rebuilding Constantinople, Justinian also decided to reclaim some of the Roman Empire's lost territory. He launches military campaigns that take back parts of North Africa, a little bit of Italy, and even into Spain. Justinian is most famous, though, for creating a systematic body of law, or basically what we're saying here is Justinian is famous because he took Roman laws, he tweaked them to make them better, and he pawned them off as, as their own, or as his own, and that's known as Justinian's Code. So basically, again, what he did is he went back to look at all of the laws that old Rome had. He said, oh, you know, this law will kind of work for us. He tweaked it a little bit to make it work for him. And then he releases this code known as Justinian's Code. And it's really famous because it's the basis for many legal codes in the Western world, meaning it is the foundation for the law that you and I follow today.